Okay. We will listen to the recitation of these verses. وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةٌ قَالُوا أَتَجْعَلُ فِيهَا مَنْ يُفْسِدُ فِيهَا وَيَسْفِكُ الدِّمَاءَ وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ قَالَ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا ثُمَّ عَرَضَهُمْ عَلَى الْمَلَائِكَةِ فَقَالَ أَنْبِئُونِي فَقَالَ أَنْبِئُونِي بِأَسْمَاءِ هَؤُلَاءِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ قَالُوا سُبْحَانَكَ لَا عِلْمَ لَنَا إِلَّا مَا عَلَّمْتَنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَلِيمُ الْحَكِيمُ قَالَ يَا آدَمُ أَنْبِئْهُمْ بِأَسْمَائِهِمْ فَلَمَّا أَنْبَأَهُمْ بِأَسْمَائِهِمْ قَالَ أَلَمْ أَقُلْ لَكُمْ قَالَ أَلَمْ أَقُلْ لَكُمْ إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ غَيْبَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَأَعْلَمُ مَا تُبْدُونَ وَمَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْتُمُونَ وَإِذْ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ اسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ أَبَى وَاسْتَكْبَرَ وَكَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ وَقُلْنَا يَا آدَمُ اسْكُنْ أَنْتَ وَزَوْجُكَ الْجَنَّةَ وَكُلَا مِنْهَا رَغَدًا حَيْثُ شِئْتُمَا وَلَا تَقَرَبَا وَلَا تَقَرَبَا هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَةَ فَتَكُونَا مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ فَأَزَلَّهُمَا الشَّيْطَانُ عَنْهَا فَأَخْرَجَهُمَا مِمَّا كَانَا فِيهِ وَقُلْنَا اهْبِطُوا بَعْضُكُمْ لِبَعْضٍ عَدُوٌّ وَلَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ مُسْتَقَرٌّ وَمَتَاعٌ إِلَى حِينٍ فَتَلَقَّى آدَمُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ كَلِمَاتٍ فَتَابَ عَلَيْهِ إِنَّهُ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ قُلْنَا اهْبِطُوا مِنْهَا جَمِيعًا فَإِمَّا يَأْتِيَنَّكُمْ مِنِّي هُدًى فَمَنْ تَبِعَ هُدَايَ فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَكَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا أُولَئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ Did you notice anything? Did you notice something different? Some difference in the words? A lot of words are ending with a sound. 
This a sound, this alif that comes at the end, that is a sign of dual. If you look at ayah number 35, وَقُلْنَا يَا آدَمُ اسْكُنْ أَنْتَ وَزَوْجِكَ الْجَنَّةَ وَكُلَا مِنْهَا رَغَدًا حَيْثُ شِئْتُمَا وَلَا تَقْرَبَا هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَةَ فَتَكُونَّا مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ And then فَأَزَلَّهُمَا الشَّيْطَانُ عَنْهَا فَأَخْرَجَهُمَا مِمَّا كَانَا فِيهِ So the words that end with this alif, this alif is a sign of dual, tathniya. What's that? It gives the meaning of two. Generally in the English language when we have to refer to two or more than two, do we just simply use plural? That's what we do. We have a singular and then we have a plural. But in the Arabic language you have words specifically referring to singular, you have words specifically referring to two, and then you have words specifically referring to more than two. Okay? So one is what? Wahid. Alright? Two, it is tathniya, dual. And more than two is jammer, plural. And inshallah as we go over the lesson, I will tell you about those words. Now inshallah we will move on directly to the tafsir. I will not go over the word breakup. And as we study, I will inshallah explain it to you wherever I find necessary. Because alhamdulillah you are familiar with the basic word breakup. Alhamdulillah you know that these are the main root letters. This is a pronoun. This is al. These letters that give a specific meaning. So inshallah as we move along, I will tell you. Okay? أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم The verses that inshallah we will learn today they are about the story of Adam السلام How many people know the story already? Of course, we have learned about the story from the very beginning. Now so far in the Quran, what have we learned? We have learned that this book, the Quran, is the book of guidance. And everybody cannot gain guidance from this book. It is only those people who have taqwa of Allah who do certain things who are going to be in receipt of guidance from the Quran. There are some other people who don't benefit from the Qur'an. And who are they? Those people who are double-faced. Those people who cheat others. Those people who deceive others. Who are not interested in guidance. As well as those people who disbelieve. Then we also learned several principles that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established very clearly at the beginning of the Qur'an. What are they? That first of all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our Lord. He is our Creator. And therefore, He is the only one who deserves our worship. That when He is our Lord, we are supposed to worship Him. Why? Because it is His right and it is the very reason for which we were created. Similarly, it has also been established that where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands us to worship Him, we cannot worship Him in our own ways. How do we worship Him? In the way that the Prophet ﷺ taught us, which is why it's necessary to believe in the Prophet ﷺ as well. To believe in the Qur'an as well. This is why a person must not have any doubt about the Qur'an nor about the Messenger ﷺ. Similarly, it has also been established that a person must realize that he has come from who? Allah. Kuntum amwatan fa'ahiyakum. And then his return is also to Allah. So when you have come from Allah and you're going back to Allah, then in the time that you have in the middle, what should you be doing? Seeking Allah. Striving to please Allah. You've come from Him, you're going back to Him. So this time must also be spent in his obedience, not in his rebellion. And then it's also been made very clear that everything in this earth has been created for us. And we have been created for Allah. That our focus, our goal, our desire should become who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not this dunya. This dunya is to serve us and we are to serve Allah. Now in these verses... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about our history. 
Where did we come from? How He originated us? How He originated our creation? He's telling us about why we are here. And He's making it very clear as to what challenges and difficulties we will face in our lives. In other words, He is introducing us to who? Our enemy. And who is that enemy? Shaytan, Iblis. He is telling us about the story of the creation of Adam salam, so that we get to know who our enemy is. The enemy of our father was. The enemy of our children is. Why? Because the goal of this enemy is to lead us astray. Allah has sent guidance because we asked for Surat Al-Mustaqeem. And what does shaitan want? To lead us astray. So let's look at these verses and learn what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to learn. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ And when your Lord said to the angels, إِذْ The word إِذْ means when. And this word إِذْ comes many many times in the Qur'an. Especially at the beginning of a verse. And when it comes at the beginning of a verse, it gives the meaning of أُذْكُرُوا إِذْ Meaning recall, remember, mention when such and such happened. So when إِذْ comes, what does it mean? أُذْكُرُوا إِذْ Remember when such and such happened. Recall this incident. Why is this being said? Because all of us are already familiar with the story of Adam salam, aren't we? So Allah is telling us to recall that story. And He tells us about that story. So when did this happen? وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ And recall when your Lord said. رَبُّكَ Your Lord. Who does you refer to? The Prophet wasallam. So recall when your Lord said to who? لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ To the angels. What did he say to them? That inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa. I am going to place upon the earth a successive authority. Al-malaika. Al-malaika is the plural of the word malak. Malak is angel and malaika angels. The word malak is originally malak. Originally the word is what? Malak. But tell me something. Is it difficult to pronounce malak? It is. Why not simply say malak? Malak, malak. What's easier? Malak. So this is something that's very common in the Arabic language. That if a word is difficult to pronounce, then what would the Arabs do? They would slightly change the spelling. How? Merge some letters, remove a letter, change one letter. Why? Just to make the pronunciation easier. Similarly, the word qala is actually qawala. What's easier? Qawala or qala? Obviously qala. So this is something that the Arabs would do a lot. So anyway, malaika, singular is malak, and the word is originally malak. And this malak also was originally malak. And that's final. Okay? Malak. Meme, lam, hamza, and kaf. Malak. From the root letters, hamza, lam, kaf. Uluka. Uluka is the masdar and uluka is risala. What does it mean? To convey messages. The angels, what do they do? They are required to convey the messages of Allah to who? To His prophets. Now what are angels? Angels are a world unseen, meaning they are a creation that are unseen to us. We cannot see angels. We do not hear them. We cannot sense them. We cannot smell them. But they are a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they are a world unseen. And Allah has created them from light. And Allah has appointed to them various tasks and certain responsibilities which they perform. How? Very obediently. Such as Jibreel. 
He has been appointed to deliver the messages of Allah to His prophets. Similarly, Mikail, He has been appointed to bring rain, distribute the provisions, right? cause the plants to grow, so on and so forth. Similarly, the angel Israfil, what is his responsibility? To blow the trumpet. So the angels of Allah, what are they? A creation whom He created from light. And they have certain responsibilities, certain tasks that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has assigned to them. And there are many different types, many different commands that are given to them, many different instructions that are given to them. And they perform those instructions how? Willingly and obediently. Don't think of angels as creatures with no emotions or no sense, that they're just programmed to obey Allah, so they have no ability to think, they have no ability to make their own decisions. You know, they have no reason. No. The angels are very rational beings. They are creatures who have reason, who possess understanding. Don't think of them as machines or robots. No, they're very different. As we will see inshallah in these verses, that they question, they ask, and they glorify, and they submit, and they fear. In other verses of the Qur'an, we learn that the angels, they glorify Allah, they praise Allah, they make dua for the believers, they prostrate to Allah. The angels possess reason, they possess understanding. They love, they hate, they fear, they reason, they pray, they make perfect rose as well. You know that? وَالصَّافَّاتِ Why do they make rose? For the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why do you think it's necessary that we sit properly? Because it's a gathering in which we are learning about the kalam of Allah. And it's of etiquette with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when a person is learning his kalam, when a person is talking about Allah, he should sit properly. He should be in a majlis which is organized, which looks beautiful. Not that people are sitting in the form of a big crowd that is haphazard, unorganized, not beautiful at all. And this is why it's important that we all must care about our uniforms as well. It gives a beautiful sight. Like imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He sees us, you want to present yourself in the most beautiful way because you want to have the mercy of Allah. So anyway, the angels, they are obedient creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah, He said to the angels, what did He say to them? That inni, indeed I. Inni is a combination of inna and ya. Inna means indeed and ya means me. So inni, indeed I, meaning I am going to. I am going to do what? That inni ja'ilun, ja'ilun, we have done the root earlier, jim ain lam. Ja'il is one who makes. Alim is one who has knowledge. Remember? Alim, nasir. Ja'il, one who makes. So I am going to make, fil ardi, in the earth, meaning I am going to create and place in the earth, who? Khalifa. Khalifa is from khalamfa, khalf. Khalf means behind. And Khalifa is one who comes behind the other and takes his place. Have you heard of the term Khalifa, the title Khalifa? Who was it given to? The leaders of the believers. Like for example, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, Umar radiallahu anhu, Ali radiallahu anhu, Uthman radiallahu anhu, who are they? Khulafa. And why were they called Khulafa? Because each one of them succeeded the other. When Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu passed away, who came and took his place? Umar radiallahu anhu. When he passed away, Uthman So you understand why Khalifa is called Khalifa? Because he comes behind the other, after the other, and then takes his place. When the other has left already. Okay? 
The word Khalifa is also understood as a deputy, meaning someone who works for and under someone. Okay? This is who Khalifa is. So I've given you two meanings of the word Khalifa. Who does Khalifa refer to? What does it mean by this statement that I am going to place in the earth a Khalifa? Khalifa is referring to Adam alayhi salam, human beings. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use the word Khalifa? Why do you think so? Given the literal meaning that I just told you. Yes, because human beings, they will not come in this earth altogether at once. No. Some of them will succeed others. People will come in successive generations. One generation will come as they die, another generation replaces them. That the human race will not be extinct in this dunya, rather they will continue until the day of judgment comes. And how will they come in this world? In generations, succeeding each other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 165, That He is the one who has made you successors upon the earth. That you live in this earth in succession. One lives, the other dies. And the other lives on. One person dies, another is born. This is the reality of human beings. Why else is the word Khalifa used? Because human beings, they are in a way Khalifa of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the sense that human beings are Allah's deputies on this earth because they carry out the commands of Allah. What Allah has commanded them to do, they do it where? In this dunya. We follow the commands of Allah we are to live by Allah's instructions and we are to establish justice between people. How? According to the command of Allah, according to the law of Allah. And we are to invite people to what? To the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that Himself? Establish justice between people and call them to His worship directly? Think about it. Is it not possible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He would just make an announcement? Oh people, I am your Lord, you are supposed to worship me. Wouldn't that be easier? Is Allah not able to do that? Yes, He is very much able to do that. But why is it that He has given this responsibility to human beings that you establish the law of Allah in this dunya? You obey Allah, you establish justice. It's a way of honoring human beings. Like for example, it could be a boss who is able to do all the work himself, but he assigns it to someone. Why? Because A, they're very busy, they're not able to, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is above this deficiency, that He would be unable to do His work. Why would a boss assign a certain task to one of his employees? To honor them, to see if they're able to do it, and as a result, promote them, give them more money. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honors human beings by calling them khalifa. We learn in Surah Sa'ad, Ayah 26, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He addressed Dawood alayhi salam. Dawood alayhi salam was a prophet as well as a king, a ruler. So Allah said to him, Ya Dawoodu, inna ja'alnaka khalifatan fil ard. That, O oh Dawood, indeed we have made you a khalifa upon the earth. Why? So that you establish justice between people. Very true, that human beings have the ability to learn they have the ability to decide, they have free will, and they have the ability to choose between right and wrong, good and evil, and this ability other creatures don't have. So, inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa. I've given you two meanings. The third meaning is that human beings are called khalifa. Why? Because they are to replace another creation on the earth. 
Scholars have said that before human beings were sent into this dunya, into this world, there was another creation that already existed here and that had gone extinct by then. Or it was there, but then when human beings were sent, they were more superior. So human beings succeeded another creation. What is that creation? Some people have said it was the jinn. But the jinn also exist now. But as we learned earlier, that who has more right to this world? Us, human beings. Some scholars say that it refers to the jinn that existed before human beings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning the jinn that وَالْجَانْ خَلَقْنَاهُ مِنْ قَبْلُ مِنْ نَارِ In Surah Al-Hijr, ayah 27, that the jinn we created before. Before who? Human beings. So this is the evidence that the scholars have used. Allahu alam what that creation was. We don't know. We really don't know. I was wondering perhaps it could be dinosaurs. Allahu alam. No shari evidence, no shari dalil. Just, you know, I was thinking about it. Allahu alam. You never know. But what do we learn? That a creation existed before human beings. And human beings replaced them, succeeded them on this earth. Okay? So, inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the angels. So the response of the angels was that qalu, they said, atajalu, will you make, will you place fiha in it, meaning in this earth, are you going to place in this earth man who, meaning a creation who will, yufsidu fiha, he will create fasad in it. Yufsidu, fasin dal, fasad. Are you going to place in the earth a creation who's going to create disorder? Who's going to spread corruption in it? وَيَسْفِكُ dima, And he will shed blood in it? يَسْفِكُ سِينْ فَاكَ سَفَكَ Safaka is to cause something to flow, to spill. But in particular, this word is used for causing bloodshed, killing. Because when bloodshed is caused, obviously the blood is flowing. Isn't it? When a person is killed, then blood flows out of their body, it's flowing. And the word dima is the plural of the word dam. And dam means blood. And ad-dima, plural of blood. What does it mean by yasfiku dima That he will shed the blood of many. He will kill many. He will cause a lot of blood to flow. He will cause a lot of bloodshed. This is what you're going to create. This is what you're going to place in the earth. Why did the angel say this? Why? Because scholars have said that the creation that existed before human beings on this planet caused a lot of bloodshed. They created a lot of fasad, killing one another, creating disorder. And remember, fasad is done how? By disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they disobeyed Allah. Because if you think about it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation, for example, the angels, are they obedient to Allah? Very obedient. The trees and the plants and the skies and the sun and the moon, all of this creation, are they obedient to Allah? Very obedient. But a creature that is given free will, that is given freedom of choice, are they able to disobey? Yes, they are able to disobey. So this human being who is going to have free will, if you leave him on this earth, he is going to cause bloodshed, do injustice on one another, and also going to disobey you. Then why would you place a creature like that on the earth? This is why the angels asked, And remember that the angels over here are not objecting. Okay? They are asking to know the wisdom behind why Allah would place human beings on this planet. 
You understand? They're not asking because they're objecting. They're asking because they want to know. They want to know the wisdom. And they continue that وَنَحْنُ While we نُسَبِّحُ We glorify بِحَمْدِكَ With your praise وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ And we also sanctify you. In other words, we worship you. So we already worship you. You do not need the worship of other creatures. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the way, does not need the worship of His creatures. So this is why the angels are wondering that we are already worshipping you. If the purpose of this human being is that he should worship you, well, we are already doing that. So why would you place human beings on this earth? نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ نُسَبِّحُ Any other word that you can think of? نُسَبِّحُ Subhanallah, tasbih. So tasbih, subhanallah, all of these words, nusabbihu, they are from the root letter seen baha. And the word sabaha is to float or to travel a long distance. How? Through water or through air. When you move through water or through air, is your speed faster? If you go on a train, if you go on a plane, or if you go on a ship, what's faster? The plane? Or the ship, not the train. Now obviously they're coming up with different trains. And obviously for them also they have certain tracks. Nothing comes on them. They're not prevented by anything. They're not stopped. But anyway, air travel and sea travel. They're both faster. So sabaha is to travel through a long distance by air or by water. It signifies speed. This is why the word tasbih is used for worship. Prompt worship. Prompt obedience. Without any delay. When is a person able to worship Allah without any delay? For example, when do you say, Subhanallah? When? When your heart is overcome by feelings of respect and submissiveness before Allah and humility before Allah. So when a person is overcome by the feelings of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what happens? He obeys promptly, without any delay. The word tasbih is used for declaring the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To distance from Allah imperfection, any imperfection. So you declare that Allah is perfect. He is above any deficiency, any weakness, any resemblance to any creation. He is the most perfect. You understand the word tasbih now? So when you say, Subhanallah, Perfect is Allah, exalted is Allah, glorified is Allah, above any weakness, above any deficiency, any similarity to the creation. So the angels say, وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ We glorify you, we exalt you. How do we exalt you? بِحَمْدِكَ Meaning by mentioning your hamd. And we have done the word hamd earlier. What does it mean? To praise someone, to mention the most praiseworthy qualities and characteristics of someone. So, وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ And on top of that, وَنُقَدِّسُ لَكَ نُقَدِّسُ قَافْ دَالْ سِينَ Have you heard of the word Quds? Al-Quds. What does it mean? Palestine. Why? Because it's the pure land. It's the holy land. How is it the holy land? Because over there is Baytul Maqdas. It was the home, it was the birthplace, and the burial place of who? Many, many prophets of Allah. Many prophets of Allah were from there. So anyway, Quds is holy. And literally, the word Quds is when something is far, or when something is very pure. Far from any impurity, absolutely pure and clean. And Taqdis is Tatheer, to purify something. 
But it's not just, you know, purify something by removing the filth. It is absolute purity, absolute cleanliness. There are levels of cleanliness. One level is that you distance the filth from something. For example, you're cleaning up your house. You have a garbage bag. What will you do? You will let that garbage bag full of garbage in your house. What will you do? You will pick it up and you will throw it outside. You will leave it by the end of your driver so that the garbage truck can pick it up. You created a distance between the filth and what you want to clean. The next level is to get rid of the filth. So for example, the garbage bag, it's gone. The garbage truck came and took it away. It's gone. But then when you remove the garbage bag from your kitchen, for example, did it smell very nice and beautiful? No. Did it leave very beautiful marks in the garbage can and around the garbage can? No. There are probably spots of dirt and perhaps it smells. So what are you going to do? Leave it? No. You're going to clean it up. You're going to remove any effect, any trace of filth. You're going to wash. So there are different levels of cleanliness. Taqdis is absolute cleanliness, absolute purity. That there is no trace of filth, no trace of any imperfection. So, وَنُقَدِّسُلَكْ Meaning, we sanctify you, we declare you as, deem you as very holy and pure. That we don't ascribe anything that is unbefitting to you. So, وَنَحْنُ نُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِكَ وَنُقَدِّسُلَكْ Look at the way that the angels glorify and worship and praise Allah. And the angels, they definitely glorify Allah. The Prophet ﷺ was asked that which words are the best. And he replied, those which Allah chose for His angels and slaves. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi. So they said, Nusabbihu bihamdika. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Subhanallahi bihamdihi. These are the best words. And the angels, we learn about them. Allah says in Surah Al-Safat, Ayah 166, that, that the angels said that we glorify Allah. In Surah Anbiya, Ayah 1920, we learn, وَمَنْ عِنْدَهُ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِهِ وَلَا يَسْتَحْسِرُونَ يُسَبِّحُونَ اللَّيْلَ وَالنَّهَارِ لَا يَفْتُرُونَ That the angels who are near Allah, what do they do? They continuously glorify Allah, night and day, and they never ever get tired. They never get bored of glorifying Allah. So the angels say this to Allah, that we worship you already. We know that you don't need the worship of your creation. So why would you create Adam? Why would you create this Khalifa? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded, Inni a'lamu. I know. I know ma la ta'lamun, what you do not know. Meaning I know that among the human beings will be those who worship Allah as well. That yes, there will be some from among the human beings who create fasad who cause bloodshed. But at the same time, there will be among the human beings who? Prophets. Obedient servants of Allah. Those who are truthful. Those who give lives in the way of Allah. Those who are very obedient to Allah. Remember we learned earlier, Surat al-Ladina an'amta alayhim. And who are an'amta alayhim? As-Siddiqeen, wa-Shuhada, wa-Salihin. And first of all, al-Anbiya. So, all human beings are not evil. And who knows that? Allah knows that. Inni a'lamu ma la ta'lamun. I know that the case of human beings will be different from the case of the previous creatures. The previous creation, the previous species that existed here before human beings, what did they do? They killed one another to the point that they went extinct. Or to the point that this blessing of dwelling on the earth was taken away from them. 
But human beings will be different. They will be obedient to Allah. Not everyone, but among them there will be some who are like that. What do we learn from this ayah? First of all, if you see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the angels, He's informing the angels about what? About what He's going to do. Does He need to inform them? Does He need to take their permission? No. Allah is the Malik. He is the King. He is the Supreme Authority. No one can question. No one can ask Him. But yet He informs the angels. Why? To let them know. Because the creation of the human beings, was it going to affect them? Yes. We know that the angels do so many things for us. So the angels were definitely going to get affected. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed them. What lesson do we learn from this? That if we decide to do something, should we inform the concerned people? If we make a decision, should we inform the concerned people? Yes, we should. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm the mother. I'm the mother-in-law. I don't need to take anybody's permission. It's my life, my home, my decision, my choice. I'm the boss. You have to inform. Even if you're not consulting them, inform them so that they're ready to accept. If Allah does that, why wouldn't you? Another important thing that we see in this verse is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is Al-Hakim, as He describes Himself, very wise. How? That look at the way that He has created human beings. That He sends them into this world in generations. Not all of them together at once. If all the human beings were together on this planet at once, what would happen? Fasad? How? Lack of space. Very true. All of the resources of the earth would be consumed. And the human beings, how much longer are they going to live? So imagine everybody came at once, everybody died at once. It would happen all too quickly. Life would not be fun. And then we also see that when some people are older, other people are younger, then we have a chance to respect the elderly, show our love to the younger ones. Imagine if you never saw a baby. Imagine. Wouldn't you be missing out on something? Something so precious, so beautiful, so cute. You would never witness it. Imagine if you never saw an elderly person. Would you know how to respect other people? Would you know how to appreciate your life? Would you know how to appreciate the abilities that you have? No. It's a huge blessing. Then we also learn from the Saya that if in some cases the evil is there, Like for example, in anything, there's a good side of it, there's a bad side of it. If apparently you think that the evil is very, very bad, the bad side is very, very bad, still the good can outweigh the bad side. The good side can outweigh the bad side. How? Where do we learn this from? The angel said, this human being is going to kill. He's going to create facade. But what does Allah say? I know what you do not know. That yes, there will be people who will disobey Allah who will oppose his messengers, who will kill innocents, who will create facade in this earth. But their evil is going to be outweighed by the good of who? The righteous. Sometimes we only look at one side of something. And we think, this person has this bad quality, therefore eliminate them completely. But if a person has a bad side, do they have a good side as well? Yes, they do. And what should we focus on? The positive side, the good side. Because creation is not perfect. If there's a human being who is not the way you want them to be, it's quite possible that there's some things that they do which you really, really like, which are very beneficial, which are very good for you. But unfortunately, we become very narrow-minded and we only focus on the bad side, the evil side, and we ignore the good side. What do we learn from here? That where human beings are going to disobey, they're also going to obey. So is creating them worth it? It's worth it. So sometimes you have to bear the bad in order to get the good.
Sometimes people get very overwhelmed. I cannot tolerate my in-laws. I cannot tolerate my children. I cannot tolerate this boss. I cannot tolerate my sister. And they cut off. They cut off like we learned yesterday. وَيَقْطَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ يُصَلْ Remember, everything in this world, where it has a bad side, it also has a good side. If the glass is half empty, it's also half full. When it's summer, if there's heat, and you cannot bear the heat, there's also so much beauty. Similarly in winter, if it's so cold, you have longer nights, shorter days. Isn't it? You have such beautiful snow to watch. There's always some good side to something. And we should focus on the good, the positive, not the negative. If you look at the history of human beings, because some people say that, see, the angels were right. Human beings have created so much facade. They have killed so many people. What was the benefit of creating human beings? If you look back, have human beings only created bloodshed and disorder in this planet? No. Where they have done many bad things, have they not done many good things as well? Yes, they have. They've done many good things. Like for example, if people have had many wars in the past, and as a result of those wars, many people have been killed. Okay, wars have happened, but at the same time, have people grown in their knowledge, in their skills, in their expertise, in their agriculture, in their architecture? So the human being is not all evil. Inni a'lamu ma la ta'lamun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Bayyinah, Ayah 7, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ خَيْرُ الْبَرِيَّةِ That those people who believe and do righteous deeds, those are the best of creation. Best of creation. And it's worth it to create them. 